Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. To be named later, I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stump. And Alex, the Pirates are one game away from having a nice little win streak there. Yeah, I mean, that's what, two in a row? What's the quote from Major League Two? If you like won if you one three, yesterday, a- won one today. If you win one more, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of where they are. But you know what? These last two games, two walk-off victories, two times where, you know, the first – you know, leg of the season, there were so many times whatever they would rally late, but they would fall, you know, run short, or, you know, they would give it right back up. These last couple of games, they finished. And you know what? They hung around with a good Chicago team all game. They finally – the White Sox made their first mistake at the end of the game. They capitalized. Uh, they won. Multiple mistakes. I mean, Yasmani Grandal um, quite literally did not do the job description of his position. He just could not catch no, a baseball. No, he, he did bad. He did poorly. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very interesting to watch. I mean, what was it? Three wild pitches in the last two innings, and then he drops the throw home. They give the air to the pitcher. Um, I don't know. Tough day to be a White Sox fan. I'm going to say that because there aren't that many times I'll be able to say that in the next decade, I feel like. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's an overall good win. Let's talk about that as we get into our first segment here. Um, from the start, Joe Musgrove, uh, impressive outing. Probably his best outing of the season. Uh, four shutout innings. I think it what forty six pitches. Um, was it four or five strikeouts? He had yeah, I think five strikeouts. Um, pretty commanding stuff. And again, against a very talented White Sox lineup. Alex, what'd you like from Big Joe today? You know, watching him those first couple innings, it just kind of looked like, hey, everything was going. But talking post game, like Joe Musgrove and Jacob Songs, like, hey, Joe didn't have anything in that first inning. He kind of got by with, you know, just trusting whatever, you know, Stallings threw down. And, you know, from there on, it was – he definitely rebounded starting in the second inning, they both agreed. But, you know, getting to that first inning, Stallings said after the game, like, us putting up a zero – in the first inning was the main reason why they won. It wasn't the only reason, but he felt like that was the main reason because especially with that Tim Anderson double off the O2 pitch, like that could have easily snowballed. We see how talented a lineup that is. And with the runner in scoring position, how quickly that could have led to like two or three runs. It's like wild, which which would have decided the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which would have won the game. And you know what? Musgrove was able to get through without his best stuff. He got better as the start it kept going. It was, it was a good outing. It was, yeah, one of his best outings of the year, honestly, like injury or not. And uh, he and the Pirates pitching got some nice plays in the field. They've also, 
you know, they also suffered behind some bad defense at times. Kevin Newman makes or doesn't make a play in the field. It wasn't ruled an error, even though I thought it should have been. It should uh, that, have been. Yeah, that resulted in a couple of runs scored after. Actually, three runs scored after yep. the, after that play. So that's that's a costly play. And then Polanco commits an error in right field, and I think what was at the seventh when they got their insurance run. Eighth, 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 eighth inning. Yeah. So that's that's all four of their runs they scored came from Pirates' defensive mistakes, uh, which is a continued theme. I mean, hey, they they played games now without committing errors uh they broke that streak up but i mean it's still just bad defense they didn't today no yeah they made an error today they they made the play did they not make an error sunday they made an they they went airless in the second game of the doubleheader on saturday i don't oh yeah okay if if they made an error on sunday here let me look this up because if they made an error on sunday this is like nine straight days or something um well, we could. We may as well take the off day at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they did not commit any errors on Sunday, so there we go. But still tough defense. But one thing that has been decent for this team, I'll take. I'll say two nice things about their defense. They've had decent outfield defense, particularly because of Brian Reynolds, who continues to just shine. Threw another guy out at home plate today. Very impressive. And then Adam Frazier, while he did not take some pretty routes to some fly balls out there um made arguably one of the better catches we're going to see this year in the second inning uh, i i have a hard time praising that catch whenever i mean the it was a nice was so catch bad. but it was also so much of it was self-inflicted yeah where it was a very manny being manny type in left field which i know adam fraser hasn't played left field in quite some time didn't really get a whole lot of reps out there he's kind of out there because there aren't a lot of outfielders on the roster. I get that. So I, I, I don't know exactly how much I could, you know, throw on his doorstep here, but it's no, I, I he shouldn't be playing left field. I know the appeal was to get Newman, Gonzalez, and Hayes all in the infield at the same time. There's really no way to do that without DH and Adam Frazier just putting him on the bench, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. And it, to be blunt next year, that Kevin Newman at second base, Eric Gonzalez at short, Cabrian Hayes at third could be the opening day infield. No, that's what it should be. Because if you look, that that defensive duo on the left side of the infield with, with Gonzalez at short and, and Hayes at third, that's the best defensive duo on the left side of an infield the Pirates have had in years. I mean, I, I it might be in my lifetime. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jeff King and Jay Bell were pretty good defensively, I guess. And I mean, they've had – some, you know, Jack Wilson and Freddie Sanchez over there were pretty sound defenders. But the way those two play, uh, I mean, Egon had his best game of the season, I think, all at, talking as an all-around ball player. I know he's had, like, a multiple three-hit games. He's had, like, you know, the big hits, like the home runs and everything. But today was a showcase for Eric Gonzalez. He's the player of the game, in my opinion. His base running in the eighth inning was impressive. He hit, he hit in the game-tying run. And his defense, the presence of mind to throw out, um, I forget the guy, the ninth batter in the order, when Tim Anderson grounded him one damn at shortstop. And the presence of yeah. mind to make that throw, cut that guy down at third, that's a game-winning play. That's, saving, that's a run saved on defense. That's something that the Pirates have not had this year, to put it for blunt. 
You know, they just have not had those defensive plays where their mind was in the moment and they reacted accordingly. And it's nice to see that. And it's nice to have a guy like Cabrian Hayes, who's also taking charge on balls. I think it was in the second inning, Luis uh, Robert, one of the faster players in that White Sox lineup, hits a chopper toward Egon, who's a good defender. But Hayes takes charge. He has the momentum. He goes and cuts off uh, Eric, gets in front of him, takes the chopper, throws it on a dime, beautiful play, recorded out. Robert beats that throw if, if, if Gonzalez gets to it. And going back to the Gonzalez, though, a third, the presence of mind for Cabrian to know how to cover that bag. Yep. And not just, you know, cover the bag, but cover the bag in a position where Eric can have a clean throw to it so he can apply the tag. That is huge. That is something that <laughs> it's just a sign of how good and fundamentally sound this kid is as a defender because we're going to see the web gems eventually. Okay, it's going to happen. But it's stuff like that that makes a great defender. Like, to set yourself up in that position, and it's just second nature. That's something that you really can't even teach in the major leagues. That's something that you're taught in little league and in high school. Yeah. No, but, I mean, but, yeah, just to have that where it's not a worry. You know, where, like, that play shouldn't be a worry. But for the Pirates, that has been a worry where it's like, oh, this is simple. They might screw it up. You know, and they – and they, it was just crisp. It was clean. It was – so fresh and so clean, to, to quote Andre 3000. No, that was it was it was <laughs> nice to see that. Um, one defensive blunder I also wanted to bring up: uh, Josh Bell not getting back to first base on that grounder to the right side of the infield. Yep, that was bad. What are we doing with this? Uh, I just, how many more times do they need to see him play first base to figure out that he shouldn't be playing infield? <sighs> There's no guarantee there's going to be a DH in 2021. So, going to keep getting reps. I feel like if the it, more reps you know, if, he gets, if I could have in writing right now that the designated hitter is here to stay in the National League, I do not need to see Josh Bell in the field anymore. He could sell his first baseman's glove for all I care. Not saying that Colin Moran is a great Cole defensive Tucker. first baseman. Yeah. <laughs> because Cole Tucker is going to need them all. Yeah. No, but, oh, no, no. Cole I, Tucker I collects Colin gloves. Because yeah, no. I'm not going to pretend that Colin Moran is a good or even like adequate defensive first baseman, but I have seen him make that throw to second base. I have seen him, you know, make a couple ranging plays, you know, like stuff in general. Colin Moran is like, what I think of whenever I think of a poor defensive first baseman yeah. overall, which, you know, Josh, there are some parts of his game as a first baseman where I think he's really good. I think he's one of the better first basemen at picking throws in the dirt. I genuinely do. Yeah. But whenever you look at all in all his, what he brings to the table as a defensive first baseman, he is really, really bad. He's a liability to, to quote a pirates term from, or a term from pirates Twitter a couple years ago that uh that set the world wow. on fire but no he he really is he's a liability out there um he's a problem and it's it's time that they just give it up i mean and again i get it you don't need i mean you don't know if the dh is coming back i'll be shocked if the dh returns to the national league in 2021 i know you won't be but I personally will be. I just feel like that's the trend that baseball was heading toward anyway. This was just a good way to introduce it. Now, it's like tricking your kids into, like, you have to eat broccoli this one time, and you, you know, you get to be uh, – you get, you get to have dessert after. But after you get it to a certain age, it's just like, no, just eat your broccoli. You're an adult now. You have to do it. 
thankfully I had bad parents and they didn't force me to do that or cool parents, I should say. Uh, but no, <laughs> like uh, they, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't force me to like broccoli, but no, it's just, it's just getting to a point where I just think this is the way the game's trending. Um, I mean, they're, they're juicing the balls. They want high scoring games. It is what it is. Uh, they're going to have a DH in the NL. It's going to be Josh Bell. If he's still in the Pittsburgh pirates, stop playing him in the field, give those reps to other people. Yeah. I, we're going to – only way I think that there is one in 2021 is if this virus still somehow impacts the 2021 season. And it like will. it impacts, you know, when people could, you know, come into camp, how many spring training games are played. If, if spring training games are played, like there could be a situation where they're like, you're in Florida, but it's just going to be intra-squad the entire time. Yeah, Alex, I, have absolutely, I have absolutely no source or anything to back that up, but I, I'm just yeah. reading what's going on, like how this past camp, went where it's you like okay, there's some exhibitions at the end but we're about to go through an entire another off season of what we went through last year where it's players versus owners again that's one no no i don't think we're gonna see that this year it's gonna be the off season after that it's gonna really ramp up okay. we're going to see we're gonna see more of a boil going on but no we're not gonna see like any fights we're not going to see you know prorated salaries i want pro you, rata. So? you only get 60 percent. No. no so because majorly i really do believe Major League Baseball is at a point that next year they're going to just play the 162. Everything be damned. Like, they have a schedule out. They're going to play it. it. They got through 60. They might need to have the same situation that they do this year where everyone has to take the test every other day, you know, and go yeah, through Yeah, and they might have taxi things. squads and extended rosters and all that stuff. They Maybe might end up having to do that stuff, too. They're yeah. going to play 162 games, or they're really, really going to try to play 162. Yeah, I just think that for that to happen, it means that Major League Baseball needs to, like, actually plan ahead and be responsible, and that's asking a lot sometimes. So, yeah. all right, enough of our rant, uh, our, 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 our petty subtweets towards Rob Manfred. I mean, we know he listens, but, you know, he's had enough. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to go through, Alex, the season is two-thirds of the way done. Does that make you sad or happy? Don't answer that. We're going to get into our, <laughs> our two-thirds of the season grades as we come back uh, right, right after these messages from our sponsors. Second half of the show, Alex, once again, it is report card time. So we got a little confused on this, and if we're wrong, call us out. So I think for the first third of the season, we gave a report card. And then we gave our mid-season awards. So now that we're two-thirds of the way through, we're going to give our – two-thirds of the way through report card. And we're going to do that on the catching position, infield, outfield, bullpen, and coaching. And I think this took up a whole show, the first episode, or the first time we did this. We're just going to do this a lot faster uh, since we already yeah. just did a half, half of a show on Pirates win because we don't get many of those to talk about. All right, so Alex, we're going to start off with the catcher position, your boyfriend, Jacob Stallings. Tell me why you're giving him an A. Well, it is an A. I think yeah. we saw a little bit of everything of what Jacob Stallings could offer in a game uh, on Tuesday night. Like, not only the great tag to save the run there, but, you know, Joe Musgrove being like, hey, I really need to rely on you here. He's able to do that. He's able to build these rapports with the, with the bullpen that's really been in flux the entire season. You know, it just in general, like even Don Ryan Murphy, like as a defensive catcher like he 
like Cody Ponce, you know, those starts, he's like, man, I'm just throwing whatever, you know, Jacob, not Jacob, uh, JR throws down. So I think overall, whenever you look at this catching unit, it was always going to be fairly light hitting, but really reliant on the defense and pitch and how they handle the pitching staff. I think they've done really great defensively. Uh, read, read what I wrote today. I, I, I gave, I guess, a semi-warm take about uh, Stallings in general. Uh, well, look out. Great, great job managing the pitching staff. And even offensively, Jacob Stallings is, you know, that was a big double. He's held his own at the plate. Just, I, I think this is about the best-case scenario they could have helped, hoped for from this unit this year. So, A. I'm going to give him a B just because uh, I wanted to make you upset. No, I, I, in all seriousness, <laughs> it's an A. Uh, Stallings has been the MVP of this team this year. I asked, I asked you this during the game. I said, who's, this, um, who's the MVP of this team? And without question, you, or without hesitation, you said Stallings, and I completely agree. His offense, coming into this year, I, I viewed any offensive production from Jacob Stallings to be a bonus, and he has like an uh, above 800 OPS. Uh, he's hit well with runners on base and on top of all the great things he does defensively and for the pitching staff. It's a no-brainer. He's one of the better catchers in baseball this year. I know that's not saying much because we're 40 games into a season, but when you're only playing 60 games, he, he would be an all-star. He would be their lone all-star representative right now, him or Jeff Hartley. Uh, him. Yeah. It'd be no, him. Yeah, it'd be him. Um, Enfield, I'll go first here. I'm going to give it a C minus. Uh, Eric Gonzalez has played well. Um, Cabrian Hayes, in the short span of time we've seen him play well. Colin Moran has been great offensively. Oh, good offensively. I'm not going to give him the great tag. Uh, compared to his peers, has been fine. But uh, two major reasons why I can't give this any higher than a C minus. Josh Bell has been the biggest disappointment on this team. I know some people would think Polanco. But I think the expectations for Bell were just exponentially higher. And he has struggled in all phases of his game. I mean, I, I will say the one thing Josh Bell has done kind of well this year is hit against the shift. I feel like more than other guys who get consistently shifted on the Pirates, he finds a way to hit the ball down the left field line a lot more often. Um, <clears throat> but aside from that, I mean – I still, I see him getting singles, and I'm just thinking, like, man, that should not be your game. Like, hit the ball in the freaking air. You're 6'5", 250, or whatever he is. I mean, hit the ball in the freaking air. It's juiced. It's meant to fly out of ballparks. Just do it. And he can't get it together offensively in his defense, as we just talked about, and as I've said a million times. It's, it's bad. And Kevin Newman's defense has also been bad. I mean, today would have been his seventh error of the season, I think, if they would have marked that an error. And I'm shocked that they didn't. But I mean, this was a guy who had a three-error game in Wrigley Field in April of 2019, and after that, really re recovered. I mean, he got moved to the outfield temporarily, but then Eric Gonzalez went down. He got another opportunity at shortstop and became one of the better rookies in the National League last year, and it wasn't just because of his bat. Um, he played great defense, too, and it's been, it's been atrocious this year uh, to a point where I don't know if we're going to see him as a regular at shortstop uh much longer i think second base is just his new position so that's why i give the infield as a whole a c minus see i can't even say that kevin newman was a great defensive yeah, player last year he was adequate. He wasn't. yeah he was adequate i don't even think he was adequate like if you look by baseball savants like outs above average he was i think the worst defensive shortstop last year oh really yeah 
Okay. Now that's different than like like how Fangraphs and Baseball Reference, you know, to compute defensive run saved during defensive value. So take that for what you want. But I think that's kind of the best metric right now. And he he was if he wasn't the bottom, he was near the bottom in that oh. regard. Oh. But yeah. What's so your grade? I I gave a C minus as well. That's what I, gave, I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean I <laughs> Hayes Hayes has just been so fun to watch. Eric Gonzalez has been so good in general. And I guess I should say I'm basing this off of the last 20 games, not just, yeah. you know, the whole 40-game season. Like, this is like a different report period mm-hmm. in general. So, yeah, C-minus. Frazier has done bad. Bell, no. You know what? I'm actually going to bump it up to just a regular C because Colin Moran counts as infield. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Hayes, Colin Moran, and – and uh, Gonzalez boosted up to a C. So there's been a lot of bad. There's been a lot of good. Not having field, Phil, I think. Huck, not having Phil Evans this last twenty games is why it's a C minus uh, for yeah. me. Outfield, real quick, Alex, what do you got? F, just bad. Like it's we see so glimmers bad. from Reynolds. At, we see glimmers from Reynolds and Polanco every once in a while, but overall, just two big drop offs in that regard. And in center field. Cole, Cole's. If you look at the season stats, they're not great. Like the quality of contact hasn't been great. I think he's taken some steps this year in general, but overall, like, okay, his stats are going to be thrown out of whack because he's a shortstop playing center field. I get all that stuff, but just offensively, he hasn't taken as big a step as it looked like he was going to over the first twenty games. Like these last twenty or so, I feel like he's not taken as big a step. Alfred looked like he was going to be like a nice jolt, not here anymore. Just, yeah, F. I mean, Alfred's a microcosm of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, we thought we found a nice thing for very cheap, uh, something that most teams didn't want, and then he he ran into a wall on a ball that was 10 feet over the fence and broke his elbow and was gone before – and it's gone. Like, that South Park meme. Um, yeah, I give it a D minus. I just, I don't know why I didn't give it an F. I mean, maybe because Brian Reynolds had a kid uh, this this last grading period. You old softy. I, I am. You know, he's got a family to feed, and he can't get into college with a with a with an F. So that's why I'm being lenient. Uh, bullpen, Alex. I think we both are on the same page here. Miguel Del Pozo yeah. wasn't with it them. I'm giving it an A. It's it's been one of the best bullpens <laughs> in baseball. I mean, it really is. It's it, they've been good in every aspect. I know Rich Rod's blown like a save or two, maybe, or came in in a tie game and had a rough outing. Um, I kind of want to give him a B plus just because Kella can't stay healthy. That pisses me off. But for the most part, I mean, every guy they come in is aside from Neveroskis and Crick still makes me nervous simply because I think he's hurt. I, that's just a premonition. I have no information on that to back that claim. Um, but, I mean, Howard, Hartley, Turley, Stratton, Rodriguez, those are five guys when they come in, I'm fairly confident that they're going to leave that inning with a zero on the scoreboard. Uh, so, the last time that was the case for the Pirates, as for five guys that I was fairly confident in, we're talking like Shark Tank days. Um, maybe 2018 they had, they had like three or four, but I don't know if they've even had a bullpen this deep. Um, I'm impressed by it, especially in these last 20 games. They've been very, very, very consistent, very efficient. 
and they've, they've, they've helped this team stay in a lot of ball games. Last year, this was a team that would be, you know, down three to one. They'd bring in a reliever, and all of a sudden the game was 10 to one. And you haven't seen that a lot this year. So props to the bullpen, props to Oscar Marine uh, for, for doing a good job developing Joel Hanrahan and whoever else has contributed to these young guys' success, in which we've talked about a million times on this podcast. You have anything to add? An old movie. Yeah, an old movie director named Howard, Howard Hawks said that the key to a good movie is three good acts and no bad ones. Whenever I look at this Pirates bullpen, it is getting very close to having like seven or eight good pitchers and no bad ones. We're not there yet. They're not there yet. But, you know, going into next year, having someone like Turley in general, you know, a healthy, you know, back end. You know, I mean, who knows who comes back. Just, they're just a lot of good, talented arms, I think coming forward yeah i mean you add edgar to the mix it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting um coaching final grade alex what do you got for me i gotta be here i think shelton has i think he took a couple lumps in those first 20 trying to become a better manager i have seen him improve as a manager in general i think it also helps that you know he's obviously telegraphing of hey I, we just got to get JT Riddle starts just in case JT Riddle is like another Philip Evans type player. I, I think he's done a good job managing bullpens. I think he's done a good job managing just the locker room in general throughout yeah. all of this. Like there, there have been a couple of times whenever you look at it, like this would have been the chance for, uh, you know, if this was last year's team, if Clint Hurdle was still here, it really would have spiraled out of control. But no, yeah, there, there have been no fights that we know yeah. of. Yeah. No arrest that we know of. that we know of. Um, well, well, not even that, but just in, yeah, in I know. general. Like, Hurdle had nothing to do with that. It, it, I can see why people roll their eyes when he says like, Hey, you know, we, we fought again today, but you know what they, they did. They have fought a lot of these games and most of these games. And that's the thing where if it was just Shelton being this annoyingly positive, I would, I would be out on it. You know, if the players were naturally down, but I mean, it's been a consistent message from message from every single player we've talked to from veterans like Derek Holland and Gregory Polanco to young guys like Cole Tucker. I mean, Cole's positive about literally everything. He could go over five with five strikeouts and six errors in the field and be like, you know, I just got to play baseball today and it was wonderful. And I'm just appreciative for you guys to ask me questions and everything. But that was my Cole Tucker impression, but no, he's, he's like a bubbly person, but I mean, they, they've been positive throughout everything and they have had very little to be positive about so i give them props and that that starts like you said with a a clubhouse atmosphere with a leader and if nothing else Derek shelton is a leader he's a guy that uh, i mean a high character it is a notably different vibe and we haven't been in the clubhouse but it's just a notably notably different vibe with this team compared to what it was 365 days ago it was a team – that team hated each other's guts. This team is I, – I feel like they get along with each other, which is a big step in the right direction. Um, Shelton's made some better choices, I think, um, as far as moving Frazier to the outfield, getting guys – you know, getting Newman some reps at second base I think is important, and um, moving Josh Bell down in the lineup finally, like thank God. Uh, moving Gonzalez up in the lineup but not in the leadoff spot, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some things he's done that I liked. I, oh, another one is Derek Holland using him out of the bullpen. I mean, he, I don't think he's he hasn't allowed an earned run in in the 
few sample sizes, the small sample size that we've seen him do that. So there have been right decisions. He still, yeah, hasn't been amazing. I give him a C. Uh, Rick Eckstein, if we're going to include all this is coaching, gets an F. I mean, it's, I don't really know who he's really helped this year. I don't know how much of this is Eckstein. That's, I, I mean, don't know how much this is Eckstein. Uh, okay, some of it is, but I don't think it's. Three of the most important hitters in the lineup have just been a, a, abysmal this year. That's got to fall somewhere. How much is coach. that on? How much is that on the three hitters, and how much is that on the figurehead? Okay, who just encompasses encompasses hitting in general. All right, well, well that's I think what I'm saying I think is, it's more of the latter that people are just going for a scapegoat. Like, here's the figurehead. Let's let's get him. But I mean, like Bell's mechanics are clearly wrong, and they can't fix it. Like, he's just switching everything all the time. That's where it's frustrating to me. Uh, Oscar Marine, though, I think has been a great addition to this ball club. Yes. Uh, like, the starting pitching for the most part, I mean, they don't go deep in ball games. That's frustrating. Um, but overall, I, I mean, aside from your boy Trevor Williams, Alex, I feel like the starting pitching staff's been pretty good. How many boys are you going to – Accuse me of having. I said you have a boyfriend and a boy. Well, Stallings, I yeah, mean, you've had, yeah. you've had, you've had your, you know, you've had pictures of him, you know, hanging in your locker with hearts around him since like day one. I feel like so that's that's something everyone knows. Uh-huh. But uh, I mean, you've been on, you've come after me. You got aggressive. You literally asked me uh, if if we were gonna throw hands today. That was over something different. <laughs> I forget what that was. <laughs> but, I can't remember. <laughs> I, it was like in like the third inning. You're like, are we throwing hands? I was like, shut up. But, um, but no, yeah, you've gotten aggressive with me over Trevor Williams in the past. So, yeah, I will give him the boy tag for you. You're buddies. You've interacted with his dad on Twitter, all right? You're, you're basically invited to Thanksgiving at the Williams household in Arizona or wherever they live. Alex, final thoughts on the show. It's easier to write up a win than a loss. So there is. It's two, two I would, good games I would know because every time I write, I get, get the gamer. Streak. Yeah, every time I get the gamer, they yeah. win. Yeah, Sid for Prez is – it takes great relish in yeah, pointing baby. out Sid whatever. Sid for Prez. Let's hey, go. let's not have Alex set up the live files anymore. Get them. Which, you know, in general, I'd be fine with. <laughs> I mean, I set them up sometimes and just give you credit because I'm a good teammate like that. Alex, you know who my boy is? Who? You. I enjoy doing this show with you, buddy. Another good one under our belt. Under under our belts. Ugh, mess that up. Anyway, be sure to follow us on social media, uh, all of our social media platforms. Hit subscribe all to our channel. We get a lot of good content. Daily Steelers podcast uh, kickoff coming later this week. We're less than seven days away from Steelers football. Carter and Dale got a lot of good stuff for you there. Um, Daily Shot, Morning Java, whatever you need, we got it for you. And we will have more of this Pirates content coming back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.